You're listening to the Canardly Talk Straight Show. Please give a warm welcome to your host, Canardly Talk Straight. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Canardly Talk Straight. And today we have a real treat for you. Our guest is a renowned figure in ancient history. He left an indelible mark on the Roman Republic and laid the foundations for the transition to the Roman Empire. He was an astute politician, had a military prowess unmatched in his day, and a demise so dramatic it was deemed worthy of a play by the likes of none other than William Shakespeare himself. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for the one and only Julius Caesar. Thank you, thank you. Oh, you are too kind. Julius Caesar, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me, Canardly. I'm a big fan of the show. Oh? Really big fan. Haven't missed an episode. Well, thank you. Let me tell you, being on the show, it's a badge of honour in the Dead Conquerors Club. You don't say. Oh, yes. After Attila the Hun was on, his head grew so big he couldn't fit through the door. Such a diva. And Alexander the Great, well, he was strutting round like he owned the place. Don't think I didn't let them all know I was coming on the show. I love your outfit, by the way. Thank you. Did you buy it yourself, or do you have a stylist? I, uh, well, it's from the wardrobe department. Well, I love their work. Understated, yet commanding authority. Absolutely divine. And I know a bit about divinity. My whole family descended from the gods, you know. Yes, I believe the family claimed to be descended from a relationship between the goddess Venus and Anchises, the father of the Trojan hero Aeneas, is that correct? Not just a claim, it was a fact. Genealogical records and all that. Oh, I see. And who kept the genealogical records? Well, it was a complex setup, but mainly historians. Yes, but they must have got their information somewhere. Yes, we told them. We? My family. I see. And they believed you? Well, of course they did. We descended from the gods. They're hardly going to question us, are they? I... guess not. The thing about being descended from the gods, and particularly Venus, like me, is it gets you a lot of perks. It's a short ticket to high society. You get invited to all the best parties. You never have to line up when you go clubbing. All the bouncers know you. Mm -hmm. And you set the trends, which luckily for me, being part divine, I have excellent taste. Is that so? Absolutely, darling. Look, when I first went into the Senate, all the boring old farts would wear their white togas with purple trim and they'd carry on like it was the height of fashion. Did they understand how to trim it to their body shape? Did they know how to accessorise? Did they know how to angle the leg just so for a portrait sitting? I don't know, did they? Of course they didn't. I stood out, honey, because of my sense of style. Contrary to popular belief, clothes do not make the man. If the man doesn't know how to wear the clothes, no amount of purple trim is going to save him, sweetie. Right. So, before we start talking about your political career, let's go back a little bit. You were born in 100 BCE, is that correct? Hard to believe, I know. People say I look much younger than my age. Yes, you are looking well. Well, part divine bloodline, part skincare regime. But you know, Canardly, it's amazing how some people just let themselves go. Quite. But they can't be told, you know. As soon as you mention someone's flabby arms, wrinkly dry skin or back fat, they get all offended, you know. People are so touchy. You clearly look after yourself, Canardly. You don't look a day over 60. I'm 55. Really? Mm-hmm. Awkward much. My point is, it's never too late, honey. Get to the gym, get to the spa, spoil yourself. Right. Well, you were born into a patrician family, is that right? Yes, that's right. The Julii Caesaris. Direct descendants of the goddess Venus. Yes, so you tell us. Check the records. Yes, so when did you decide to go into politics? Well, that's a good question, Canardly. The thing about being descended from a goddess 
is this innate desire for greatness that comes with it. And as a young man, I thought to myself, Julius, what are you good at? What do you want in life? Mm -hmm. And the resounding answer was, I'm a great talker, I have an incredible fashion sense, and I love being out in the field camping, surrounded by men in dresses, tunics, men in tunics. I see. So what that told me was, politics rewards someone who can talk, and the military going into battle, camping in the field with the men in tunics will bring glory. Both of those things combined could lead me to the greatness I desired. Mm. So I concentrated on those two things, that and the fashion. But the fashion was like this innate thing, intuitive, not something I had to work on. Yes, so your career was more by design rather than chance, would you say? Oh, absolutely. See, the thing was, there were a lot of rich bastards in politics in Rome. And though I had divine contacts, we were a bit short of cash. So I needed a bit of glory to boost my political ambitions. Though, if I'm honest... The military appealed to me more at the time, and I was pretty good at it, if I do say so myself, a natural. So, when I was 18, I served under General Gaius Marius in the social wars. Now, he was someone who knew how to wear a tunic. I learnt a lot from being under him. Yes, and I believe you earned the Civic Crown, quite a prestigious military award at the time. Doesn't look too bad on your resume, yes. And it meant people had to bow to me when I came in the room, which I got very used to, thanks very much. And it was an excellent entry into the government. They do love a war hero, you know. This is when you were appointed quaestor, is that right? Yes, that's right. And I have to say, it was boring. But irony of irony, it put me, who was goddess-related but had no money, in charge of financial affairs. Far cry from the battlefield. It was, Canardley. But here's the thing. You have to think of the long game. Politics for power. Military conquest to back it up. And for the money and glory. Those are the key things if you are going to make it in this town. You mean Rome? Of course I mean Rome. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. New York, New York. New what? You know, Frank Sinatra, New York, New York. What are you babbling on about? Uh, never mind. So where did you go from quaestor? Well, a quaestor is a fairly low-ranking magistrate in the government, so the only way was up, really. It did give me the opportunity to make some good contacts, so I moved on to a deal and eventually Praetor, but that was a bit later. Right. I learnt a bit about government, but what I really missed was being out with the boys in the field, you know. So I headed to the third Mithriatic Wars to dabble in a bit more empire building, you know. And how did that go? Fabulous, honey. I was getting a bit of a rep by this stage, so the people back in Rome were getting to know me as a bit of a military strategist. It's nice to have a following, you know. I mean, if we had Insta and TikTok back then, I would have made the Kardashians look positively amateur. No doubt. And taking a selfie took forever in those days. You had to stand still while some pleb painted you into a parchment. It was a real spontaneity killer, you know what I mean? Yes. Not like now. I sometimes think I was born in the wrong era, Canardly. Can you imagine if I had a smartphone? Shot of me having dinner looking over the Adriatic. Shot of me trying tunics on in Gaul. Shot of me getting kidnapped by pirates. That really happened, you know. Really? Yes, look it up. But your military campaigns were going well. Well enough to get me some backing in Rome, which had its benefits, but also made a lot of powerful people in Rome a bit nervous, you know. When you're famous like me, some people just want to bring you down. Like who? Let's see. There was this fellow named Cato who was constantly voting against me. Marcus Calpurnius Bibulus, he was another one. I mean, it's politics, you know, so many of them put themselves first, Rome second. Much the same as today. Some things never change. But there was this other general, Pompey, who had a few victories of his own, and he was pretty established in Rome. And another guy, Crassius, who was loaded. I mean, really rich. And I liked what they had to say. Mm-hmm. 
and because I'd been winning some military campaigns, I had a bit of a sway among the people, so I started backing them up to get some legislation through. Oh, this was the first triumvirate. Not quite. That was a few years off. First, I became Praetor in 63 BC, which was a fun year of fights in the Forum, a bit of lobbying, that sort of thing. But that, along with a few prior military campaigns, cost a bit, so I needed some spoils of war to pay some bills, so to speak. So, you headed to Hispania? You have done your homework. Yes, I headed to Hispania, or Spain as you know it. A bit more empire expansion. My followers loved that sort of thing. Hmm. I was awarded the proconsul of Hispania, so while I was there, I took on the Kalechi tribes and the Lusitani people. I conquered the peninsula for Rome and scored enough plunder to pay my debts and pick up even more followers. But they made you choose between returning to Rome and receiving a triumph or a consulship. Yes, that was that Cato fellow I mentioned, but it turned out okay. I took the consulship and won the election with Pompey's backing, and here's where the triumvirate came in. Right. Pompey and Crassus had been sniping at each other for a while, like the two old queens they were. But I got them to the table and convinced them we would be unstoppable if all three worked together. So we did. And boy, did we get stuff done. Yes, there was quite a list. Land grants for military veterans, accountability of the Senate to the public. Oh, they didn't like that one. You should have seen their faces. A third write-down of tax farmers' arrears. The list goes on. Yes, we got stuff done. But we did put a few noses out of joint, which I would find out soon enough. So after a year, the consulship ended, is that correct? Yes, that's right. And where to then? I went to Gaul, or as you know it, France. If you could beat them, big kudos back in Rome. But it wasn't the height of culture and fashion it is today. That only happened after we took over. Right. At the time, they were a bunch of tribes and their dress sense was atrocious. All animal skins and fur, no style whatsoever. But they did come together to fight. Yes, there was this fellow named Vercingetorix, who rallied all the tribes together in this fortified town called Alicia. Now, we've been in Gaul for quite a while by this stage, and the whole Mardi Gras was up for grabs with this battle, so to speak. Uh-huh. If we won, Gaul was ours. If we lost they could be a real threat. It was a real cat and mouse there for a while, but we laid siege to that town and he surrendered with his tail between his legs. Mm. I really did think he might have a tail with all those animal skins. I wasn't sure where the person finished and the outfit started. That must have helped your follower numbers. You'd think so, yes. And I did get a lot of likes from the Roman people. Don't forget, I popped over to Britain a couple of times and got our foot in the door there too. Mm, of course. But the more likes and followers I got, the more power I got. And there were some senators getting a bit jealous about the numbers of followers I had. I mean, the only reason they had any followers at all was because they bought them. They weren't organic followers like mine. Yes, I see. I gave my followers aspirations, you know. Travelling the world to exotic places wearing fabulous clothes. They loved me. And because of all this fabulousness, they gave me 20 days of thanksgiving and the right to stand for consulship in absentia. So, all in all, things were running quite smoothly. Definitely. Until Crassus and his army got beaten by the Parthians, and he got killed in the Battle of Carhe. That put an end to our triumvirate, and ultimately, I couldn't trust Pompey running things in Rome on his own. What happened? Well, some decided in their wisdom that I should be brought back from Gaul, arguing that because I'd beaten Vercingetorix, that I'd finished my task. Mm -hmm. The reality was, my old enemy Cato and a few others convinced Pompey to try to bring me home without honours or a second consulship, and therefore with no power. Ah. Well, that just got my back up, really. I mean, I was getting all the likes and followers from the people, not them. So, what did you do? Well, I did come home, Canardly, just not the way they wanted. I decided I would argue my case, with a big-ass army behind me. This was the beginning of the Civil War, is that correct? A Civil War, Canardly. There were quite a few back then, lots of squabbling, but they brought it on themselves. In what way? I offered to disarm if Pompey did. 
But they knew the people wanted me as consul, and they wanted me out. I see. See, they didn't think I could beat Pompey in a straight battle, but they backed the wrong horse. Once I crossed the Rubicon, he took one look at my army, abandoned Rome, and ran like the wind to Greece. Exciting stuff. Did you go after him? Not straight away. I stuck around for a couple of weeks. I took over the treasury, then left the Praetor Lepidus in charge while I defeated Pompey's Spanish provinces. Then I went after him in Greece. Right. I beat his army at Pharsalus, but he ran away to Egypt. I took off after him, but someone assassinated him three days before I got there. Goes to show how popular he was. Mm. But the good news was, after Rome heard I won in Pharsalus, I was named dictator in absentia for a year back in Rome. Yes, this was the beginning of you being named dictator a number of years running, is that correct? That's correct, Canardly. See, one of the good things about beating all those who oppose you is there is no one left to challenge you. And that's exactly what I did. Vinni vidivici and all that. That means I came, I saw, I conquered. Yes, quite. And you beat them all. Well, my old mate Cato killed himself. So did a few others who tried to stand in my way. Some people just can't admit they were wrong, you know. But by now, I'd been named dictator for a few years running. So I decided to assume the dictatorship indefinitely. Uh, this was the start of all your problems, would you say? No, I'd say my problems had started years earlier when they forced me to start a civil war. But I see what you're getting at, Canardly, and yes, there were some leftover Republicans in the Senate that didn't like that I'd taken over. Right. The cancel culture was starting to catch up to me, started turning my followers against me. You see, I made the mistake of pardoning a lot of my civil war enemies. I thought that would make me look good to my followers, but that well and truly backfired. What happened? They stabbed me in the back, Canardly and the front, and the side for that matter. Ah, the Ides of March, et tu brute. Yeah, I didn't actually say that, Canardly. That was just Shakespeare spicing things up in his play about me. Pretty good, though. Wish I'd thought of it. Uh, so what did you say? I'm pretty sure I said ouch at some point. Actually, at many points. I think they stabbed me about 35 times. After that, I didn't say much at all. You didn't protest? I was dead, Canardly. Ah, I see. Still, they all got their comeuppance eventually. I named my nephew as my successor, and he beat them all. This is Octavius. Yeah, he's a good kid. He put a stop to all that democracy talk. Real empire builder. You should have him on the show. Caesar part two. Got a real ring to it, don't you think? Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Julius Caesar. You're too kind. If you wish to find out more information about Julius Caesar, just Google it. Hello, it's me, Canardly Talk Straight. And I'm here to ask you a great big favor. I was wondering if you could please subscribe to the show by clicking the follow button. And if it isn't too much trouble, please share the show with your friends and family. You see, as some of you may know, my wife is ridiculously beautiful, much younger than me, and quite frankly, way out of my league. There is one reason and one reason only we are together. And with every trip to the south of France, that reason is fast running out. But with your follow and share, we might just avoid the inevitable for that little while longer. So why not help an old man in his time of need? You will only feel better about yourself for doing so. Please follow and share. Thank you for listening. You have been listening to the Canardly Talk Straight Show. Stay tuned to this channel for more episodes.